0: Welcome to NF Teach. I am your host, but I am not Dr. Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy is taking some family time for a few days, some much needed downtime, and I am happy to try to fill his gigantic shoes because we have a very special uh, follow-up part two episode to the part one uh, that you would have heard a few days ago with our fearless leader, Pack rip Ewing, recapping his very exciting trip to Summer League. Uh, so we're going to have a conversation and find out about all of the exciting things that he got to experience, the people he got to meet. Um, when we last met our hero, he had wrapped up day one. He had watched eight hours of basketball and was, I think, high on adrenaline, feeling great. Uh, he has since returned to New York. He got a tight 10 hours of sleep, and he is now ready to regale us with his tales from the rest of his trip, and I, for one, am excited to live vicariously through him. Packer Ewing, our, our fearless leader, our, the namesake of our Packrate media family, how are you? I'm great. That was quite the intro, Adam. I'm very impressed. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk Summer League. Let's talk really? Top Shot. Yeah. Um, so, about that. What a great idea. So, how about it? So day one, uh, it sounded like it was, it was a great experience. You got to, uh, to meet some Top Shot collectors in person. You got to enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells of Las Vegas. Uh, You got to watch an awful lot of basketball. Why don't you pick us up on day two and tell us uh, what happened next? Yeah, absolutely. So day one was actually day two because
1: I got to Vegas on Saturday morning and Summer League hadn't really officially started until um, Sunday. So that whole Saturday I had to myself, which was very nice, before diving into that first full day of Summer League action with Top Shot on Sunday, seeing the kiosk for the first time, Really just being in the Thomas and Max Center and the Cox Pavilion, um, you know, the distance between the two doors and the two arenas is basically 30 seconds of walking, right. it's like less than 100 yards. And smack dab in the middle of that was the kiosk. Um, so a lot of fun basketball. Monday and Tuesday were even better. Um, hard to believe, but like, you know, Sunday was almost an appetizer for the main course, which were the the next two days. You know, the nice thing about Sunday was we really got got our footing, got to meet everyone, had our first day together, um, right. and saw the kiosk and full kind of overwhelming nature of being in summer league in Vegas with Top Shot and all that. Um, on Monday, you know, I think that the games were generally better. Um, overall, you know, the Knicks won um, where Sunday they lost. They actually ended up playing back-to-back games because of a COVID, I think the Wizards couldn't play, so the Pacers got pushed to Monday, and they played the Knicks at 11 in the morning, Vegas time, and just, like, the ability to go watch basketball and maybe have a beer at 11 a.m.
0: Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that sort of a groggy way to watch a basketball game that early?
1: No, no. Time in Vegas is weird. It really just doesn't mm. make sense. I, you really don't know if it's 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. or, or whatever between jet. Yeah, the,
0: there's a reason there's nature there's no of blocks the in the
1: casinos. yeah. yeah. Um, so Monday the games were really good. I feel like every day on Top Shot there was some kind of like featured event or like activity for us to do. And yeah. on Monday, we all got to meet um this reporter that works for the NBA and some other kind of publication is Jason Zone Day. Um, I think was his name. Okay. Re- really cool guy. And he actually like sat down groups of collectors, including myself. Um, and the guys from moment ranks and everyone else that basically won the contest and wanted to participate. And we did like a professional interview um two at a time with him in like the summer league m- media studio, basically. Um, so it was cool. fun. He was asking us we were on camera. there were lights. you know, it was really um, a fun, unexpected experience. I took on, I took off my mask when okay. that video comes out, it will likely be the the big face reveal that everyone is uh, eagerly anticipating. Wow, and, this is
0: breaking news.
1: Yeah, breaking news. I couldn't say no. I was literally, I, I think they were creating content for like the NBA, not just Top Shot um, and for Summer League. So I was like, how am I not going to talk about Top Shot and what it means to me and Packard Media and being in Vegas with all these people? Um, when presented with the opportunity to do so. And that was a lot of fun. Me uh, me and another collector, fittingly enough, wearing a Yukon Kemba Walker jersey. Um, So we had some good kind of camaraderie there. He was there uh, with his mom. He was one of the winners. He uh, brought his mom out to Vegas with them. They had a a really nice time. Um, That's very sweet. Yeah. And, you know, just watching him interview everyone else, participating in interviews ourselves. That was really cool. We did that for like 45 minutes. The cool thing about Summer League is that everything is so small and like intimate in a safe way, but in the way that like NBA players are just walking by you all the time. Some you might recognize, right. and some you might not. Frankly, when everyone's wearing a mask, it's a lot harder to recognize certain players. Other than the fact that it's like, well, that guy's really tall; he's probably in the NBA if he's here. Um, yeah. But you know, we saw Shams. We saw. All, I, I met Shams on Monday. Um, we saw a ton of NBA players. Lamella Ball was there. He was there every day. I feel like. Um, We saw Trey Young.
0: is probably a bit more recognizable with his hair, I would think. If if, if the masks are covering their faces. Trey was wearing, like, a hat and had his hood pulled over his
1: head because I think he was deliberately trying to hide his hair, given how identifiable it is. Um, He was in super stealth mode. But players are everywhere. We had that interview um, with the guys. Everyone, like, knows each other a little bit more. We all went out on Sunday night. So it was just, like, a fun day. Um, And really, like, the best part about the whole trip was just hanging out with other top shot collectors in real sure. life at a basketball game. And a bunch of people like came out also on Monday, like Sunday had a nice turnout of like top shot collectors that, um, you know, either lived in Vegas or lived in California. Um, but like wanted to come out and, and be there and Monday and Tuesday, more people hung out, um, really good group of guys and girls. Uh, I met the Steady Breaks. They do like the pack ripping um, nice. on a contest and things, and we ripped some packs. We ripped a lot of packs on Monday. The line moved a lot faster on Monday at the booth um, to mint the moments. A few, a, a few less people, I think. Um,
0: yeah, and I was going to ask that. So, I mean, on Monday, into you know the the first day, presumably there's a lot of kind of repeat customers. At the games, right? If people are there for Summer League on Sunday, a lot of people, a lot of the same faces are going to be there Monday, Tuesday. So I'm curious how you found uh, the booth in terms of how popular it was as a hangout spot on on Monday and Tuesday after that big first day. Uh, I think it was probably as popular, if not more popular,
1: and just like more Okay, I think it was more efficient, like on day two and day three, just kind of going through that full day of... Processing people and signing them up and checking them out and double checking the details, you know, creating new accounts if they were if they're new account holders. So I think just like a day later, they had they had that routine down a little bit more pat. Um, I will also say that Jacob was out on Sunday because it was his brother's wedding. Jacob Eisenberg, the uh, yep. community lead for for Dapper and Topshot, so right. he was not there on Sunday. We were with Trevor and Austin and Hallie and different members of the you know internal team and the marketing team um, and the community team. And when Jacob showed up on Monday, he uh, honestly just, like, brought a lot of energy with him to the booth. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he really, like, was in sales mode the, the whole time he was there. He was actively, like, reaching out to people. Have you heard about Top Shot? Have you gotten your moments yet today? Um, it was very fun to, like, see him in his element. Really, like, and that was, that was the first time I met him in person, too. So that was probably the other big, you know, bonus and surprise on Monday was that Jacob was there. Uh, and that really, you know for me, I always wanted to meet him, honestly, and it was really cool. I yeah. um, I told him in advance that I would ask him questions about Run It Back probably every 30 to 60 minutes and uh, try to catch him off guard. And he never broke once. He never broke during the day. He never broke at dinner. That man um, can switch between like a, a friendly and professional conversation so quickly and seamlessly. Um, so I know nothing about the future Run It Back, but he was uh, a lot of fun to hang out with. And I think that You know, do you have the numbers in front of you of the of the mint count for each of the moments? I think I could pull Uh, up my phone.
0: Yeah, you know, I I don't have but I'll uh, I'll pull that up while you're talking. I
1: I just pulled it up. So Killian Hayes, which was day one, was twenty seven seventy six. RJ Hampton was the next day. He was twenty two ninety three. Not that big of a drop off considering Sunday to Monday. Um, I don't know. You know, I was trying to like observe um, to the extent that I was because I wasn't sitting there, you know, watching the booth for. Seven consecutive hours. Um, how many people were like customers and really knew about it versus um, were signing up for the first time? Everywhere I walked, like every time I was going up the or like it, walking around the concourse, people seemed to be talking about Top Shot and the location of that booth. Like you literally just can't miss it. It's it's smack dab between the two entrances to the two kind of uh, arenas. So. I think that Monday was pretty good as far as that. And then on, on Tuesday, I mean, bull bull has forty seventy nine, So, you know, an 1800 higher mint count more or less. Um, right. And I think that, I mean, I think a, a fair assumption to make, whether it was something they observed directly or was just told to them by other people um, was like, Hey, did you see what the Killian Hayes moment was selling for? You know, cause right. like, RJ Hampton, if you were there on Monday, that moment wasn't minted until um, the following evening. So Killian Hayes, which was you know the Sunday play, kind of that was came the
0: only out. one on the market yet,
1: only that one on the, on the market at that, that point. Yeah. and that was going for like you know one hundred ninety eighty dollars per moment, and you could buy it there for five bucks. So it's just like right. irresponsible to not buy them,
0: <laughs> right? And oh. you didn't. I mean, what was there? What was there to do at the booth itself just to sort of just to clarify for everyone so you know you obviously don't need to be at the booth or i assume you don't need to be at the booth to buy the moments no you go to the you go to the booth and they had like four
1: or five different people with tablets and with like square readers and you were buying the moments at the booth Um,
0: okay so that was so you had to go each day to actually buy the moments.
1: Correct. Now in the future, right. if they could do that with a QR code or if they have more of them spread out around an arena, it's a little bit right. faster. You know, that's a different story. Um, but you had to be at the booth. So at the booth, it was pretty big. I mean, it was truly a beautiful booth. If you if you follow Top Shot, I'm sure you've seen countless pictures on Twitter and on their blog and on their email, as well as from myself and other people that were there. Um of the booth, but it basically had like two different photo kind of backgrounds that you could take a picture. Um, there was a, a very, very big screen where they were playing uh, two very big screens where they were basically playing moments on loop, uh, like, a, you know, all of the best of the best um, in the typical top shot fashion with some great editing and kind of production value. And then they had a screen that you could also, if you had a pack um, open a pack and they would turn the music on and like turn, you know, change the lights around and like put on a show basically, basically, uh, ripping a pack open, so it was a very engaging experience, and everyone was really excited on the line, even when there was a
0: line to talk about it. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess it gives you a bit of a sense of what I assume the Top Shot team is hoping to roll out in arenas, sort of during the during the season. Um, we don't know yet how frequent it's going to be. You know, safe to assume it's not going to be every game, but. Uh, with some kind of frequency, uh, were there ways in which, and, and you you know you mentioned the idea of QR codes, uh, but were there ways in which they executed that you thought, oh, I, I'm not sure if this would work at during the season, like with a real game, or I hope they do this differently, or do you think, oh, how they did it was you could seamlessly place that. In an arena for a, an NBA game in November, and you're off to the races. I mean, I probably underestimate how difficult that was to pull
1: off, even though it was pretty hard to pull off. And like, I, I've done events for companies, and you know what they did was re- really impressive. Um, but I think it worked. I mean, like the average checkout time, if I had to guess, between like getting to the table to like complete the purchase, you know, it's really one or two questions. Just like, how many do you want to buy? What's your email address? What's your Top Shot name? Um, and then swipe, it was, you know, 30 30 seconds, probably per person to check out. Um, unless you're maybe like creating an account for the first time. But I think that realistically to have smaller ones of those, um, with like one person or maybe two people, but a much tighter booth and having more of those spread out around like an arena around the floors, as opposed to having like one central location, um, would probably be more efficient for like an actual NBA activ- activation given the volume of people. And like, you wouldn't want to create such a log jam in like the concourse in Madison square garden, right? You need more space. Sure. Um, but it worked. I mean, you were, it was a very, very beautiful display. It was very, very innovative and cool to, to check out, you know, it was, you could use Apple pay. I, I mean, I used Apple pay to buy 10 moments for $50 and under 30 seconds. Um, and I was watching the moments on the screen it was a very, very modern, like engaging um, environment. And while you're in the game, you know, on the Jumbotron, they're rolling a commercial basically like once a quarter or once a half with like a, a 15 second Top Shot promo to go to the booth um, and buy the moment. So, you know, they were they were hitting you everywhere. There was some signage around the arena, like go to Section 111 uh, to visit the Top Shot kiosk and, uh, you know, get your moment from in-game. I thought they advertised it very well. And the process itself was really smooth. Um and yeah, I, I definitely imagine it in arenas next season. How often, when, um, I don't know. But I mean, it's re- And, re- and really I know
0: you, you mentioned paying with Apple Pay. Were were existing Top Shot users able to use their Dapper Balance as well?
1: They were not. Um, I don't know why, but I know that they were not. And I'm sure that would be something mm. that's kind of like addressed in the future. You know, this was like the first time right. they ever did it. For whatever reason, they couldn't. Uh, someone, I, I, I overheard, I think one person asking, um, but- no, you, you couldn't use Dapper Wallet to buy the moments in the arena with this fandom tier um, the first right. time
0: I did it. Right. Okay. Um so so getting back to your experience so it sounds so Monday it sounds like was was generally a great day. Um Tuesday uh, it sounds like there were there were some other exciting events that that the team had planned as well. Yeah, Tuesday was the best day and I think that like it's possible that
1: you know what happened on Tuesday might have happened might've been Monday and and Monday might've been Tuesday. Like, I don't know if that was always the plan, but however it worked out, I mean, first of all, to you're kind of there, like waiting for the big thing, knowing what they did for the Suns, knowing what they're, what they did for, you know, the draft. There was like an itinerary of like events and like times to be places and things like that, but it wasn't like specific. We would often find out via email and discord, you know, like, two hours before or like three hours before hey something cool is gonna happen you know this morning or you know there was there was constant updates but it wasn't spelled out that it was hey on Tuesday morning you're gonna play uh knockout with Tyrese Halliburton right Right? like that was like wait what and (laughs) you know maybe they told us Monday night that that was gonna happen or like I think Monday night they probably said like hey tomorrow this but it was really so much fun. I mean, like honestly, it was just fun. It was fun to like hang out with ten or fifteen people that you'd spent the previous two days with, getting to know that like you've met through Twitter, and then you're in a basketball, you know, on a basketball court, dribbling, shooting around, hanging out, and then like Tyrese Halliburton shows up, <laughs> and you like pass him the ball, and he shoots, and then you're just like, literally, I think we hung out with him for an hour, you know, seventy five minutes. Um, yeah. We played knockout, we shot around. Um, before he showed up, we like played a little bit of five on five and shot around. And then afterwards he just hung out with us and like answered questions, took pictures, signed autographs, you know, we created some content with him. The Monnerrack teams interviewed him. Um, some other people interviewed him, and, you know he was just a very, very nice, engaging, warm guy. Um, he wasn't and, like and the- he's
0: a, he's a player who for for our listeners, Um, He's a player who has been very involved in Top Shot and NFTs in general. So he's really sort of a a good ambassador for a bridging of the NBA experience and the, the Top Shot NFT world. Absolutely. And someone
1: asked him, you know, what are your favorite NFT projects? He was talking about NFTs, you know, very comfortably and confidently. He really enjoys the space. I think authentically him and Josh Hart are two of those guys that I think are like really you know, truly involved. He was talking right. about cranium. Cranium. He was talking about his ape. Um. You know, he, he was having a lot of fun,
0: and uh. You know. And I I think that that experience I think is a is a good reminder for people of just what Top Shots potential is, right? Like it's that NBA partnership can't be overlooked. We've seen we've seen what, as you said, you know, what they've been able to do with uh with the finals trip um and so you know and and now with summer league and you know they have we know they have deep pockets and we know that they obviously have a a very intertwined relationship with the nba and so i think part of what makes what gives top shot that sense of excitement is the potential right that they they have the power to make a lot happen if they want to. So if you end up being, uh, you know, qualifying for a team experience or a playoff experience or whatever it is, you know, or a draft experience uh, as a result of your top shot use, you can believe that it's going to be something special, that they're going to do something amazing because they have the power to do something amazing.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, nobody's going to be surprised by the fact that I agree with that statement. But, you know, it's easy to forget how much money is invested by so many people, as well as this being the official NF- NFT of the NBA, and like the NBA's big technology experiment. Um, the amount of people that are involved, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, I honestly believe. Keep in mind that like, all three of the things that we're talking about, the finals, the draft, and Summer League have been like the past 30 days while right. in beta, as cliche as it is. But like, you know, this is just kind of experimenting and playing with the possibilities and obviously doing it in a very limited sense, right? Each time eight collectors and, and their guests were rewarded, I was lucky enough to trick them into letting me tag along this time around,
0: <laughs> um, right?
1: <laughs> Who knows if it'll happen again. But um, And I think that, they're What they're capable of is really exciting, but it's also really exciting to think about what the community is capable of when we're actually like given the opportunity to convene around top shot in real life as opposed to on Twitter or on a podcast or in a twitch stream or in a discord, right? Like the the finals event and the um the draft event were like very exclusive kind of experiences. You couldn't go to those things otherwise on a whim or even at all um, if you didn't have that kind of utility from Top Shot and that reward from their connections and what they're building is you know over and over again, Adam, I saw the future of fandom over and over. That was Yeah, and, and I, I think fandom,
0: you, fandom. And you hit on it with with utility, right? We talk about it all the time. And I I published an, an article on Packard Media recently about utility of different NFTs and i think you know the way that top shot has kind of flexed their muscle over the last month is a good reminder that when it comes to utility i mean they are head and shoulders above everyone else if they want to be i mean we know they want to be but you know when when they choose to be i should say 100%. because you know there's there are there are well run nft teams and you know we've we've seen teams do great jobs with roadmaps and and those kinds of things, but you know no disrespect to any other team, I don't know how any of them can compare to the experience that you had at Summer League, the experience that the Suns fans had uh, at the finals, you know the the draft experience. I mean it, it's you know we we can we can I'm sure brainstorm all kinds of wild ideas that could happen in the future who knows during the season maybe there are suites with top shot collectors maybe there's a top shot section at different games you know with with perks and things who knows but you know they they have that power and they have that access and i think it's you know in during the winter we i think a lot of users myself included i'll admit we're really wrapped up in thinking about the potential of Topshot from a financial perspective of, oh hey, you know, if if we get X million new users coming onto the platform, these moments are going to be worth who knows how much. And and now I think that that at least for me, I've shifted more to thinking about, oh well, if if this is what Topshot is able to do, what kind of experiences can I have? What kind of utility can I get out of this? as as a user as a collector as someone that just loves the game um and i I know you alluded to some of that on on part one of this conversation um of just the the utility of you know how do you put a price tag on those experiences that are that are once in a lifetime because you know many of us have had you know whether you won it in a contest or whatever it is you know when when you have a sort of once in a lifetime experience it's it's hard to put a price on that
1: what they did is truly authentically priceless um if you had to put a price on it the price would be pretty freaking high um i mean there are some things that we did obviously playing basketball with tyrese halliburton for an hour and a half in a gym in las vegas being one of them and like playing knockout with him and he lost to brandon from moment ranks i mean it was truly hilarious on the first shot of knockout
0: I I would, I would recommend anyone go to Twitter and find that video, uh, because it is, it's pretty spectacular. It's spectacular. The fact that we got to experience that
1: live. So my Tuesday, I woke up, had breakfast, um, played basketball with Tyrese Halliburton and interviewed him, went to summer league, watched like two basketball games from courtside. The thing about summer league is literally like the seats are incredible. You're 10 feet away from the court and there's always basketball and it's really, really intimate. Um, so like great seats for fun games. Then I interviewed the owner of the or co-owner of the Sacramento Kings um, before going to watch the Sacramento Kings summer league game. So Tuesday was a very Kings uh, day, but in the best way possible. Um, right. So think about it from this perspective: they announced that this Vegas thing was happening. I think i maybe on Tuesday of last week. Um, so not a, so Tuesday of last week, I think. Um, between Tuesday and Sunday morning, they flew out eight people plus their guest from around the world. Um, There were two guys there from Singapore, which was incredible. Like they, and you know, to be fair to collectors around the world that say, well, you know, this is great for the eight people that get to do this that are in, in the US, whatever you just have to trust Top Shot that they're going to be like really either creative and clever or accommodating um, at, you know, creating value for global collectors and not just people in America. Um, But there were two guys from Singapore that were really nice. All the people were so nice. I mean, it was just great to hang out with people in real life um, from Top Shot, but flew out those people, booked their hotel rooms, got them, you know, three day tickets to Summer League with basically perks and activations and some kind of like, Fun experience every day, plus meals, plus transportation, um, plus the booth that they set up with that experience and creating the fandom tier and doing all that. I mean, not that it all happened over the course of four days, but that's a lot to do. And the fact that they could pull that off now. Um, and if you're the NBA, like you got to be really, really happy with how excited people were to be at Summer League and how much money was spent at Summer League on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday with Top Shot there and the sure. energy the Top Shot brought to that Summer League experience, you know, I think that a lot of what Top Shot was planning, uh, you know, potentially got, like everything else, um, stunted and screwed up by the pandemic. And now that things are slowly starting to, you know, be somewhat normal again, um, they are being pulled into more of these opportunities by the NBA um, to do something incredible and magical. And, um, you know, so far, I think they're three for three. And when they open this up and it's available for more more people, um, I think a lot of collectors are going to be very happy because, um, you know, if you collect what you love and then you're also rewarded in a way that you could remember forever. I mean, honestly, I'm not even being like romantic or, or sentimental. I could comfortably say that the past four days in Vegas were like one of the most unforgettable and special experiences of my life. Um. And that was because of Top Shot. And I I think that everyone else there felt uh, similarly. And, you know, all the collectors that drove out to hang out with us, just everyone had a good time. And if they could create good times and good energy and fun experiences around the NBA um, with this digital to physical kind of connection, that is a very powerful
0: thing. And and like you said, you know, it's these trips were very exclusive, but I, I think because of the nature of the NBA and that, you know, it's an 82 game season in 30 cities. I think they have the ability to, to run a lot of similar events that don't have to be as a lot right? Not every event has to be, we're flying in eight people from around the world. It can be, you know, Hey, you know, next Thursday in Memphis is top shot night and you know, it, the, you all get a discounted ticket in this section and you get a meet and greet with a player and, you know, and and whatever other per you know, you get a a, a dinner and, you know, one of the Top Shot team flies out there and you have an unforgettable experience there without it having to be, you know, uh, the, the bar doesn't have to be as high as fly everybody out to Vegas for Summer League for three it's days.
1: Like this is what they're going to do, and like, keep in mind, we didn't know about this in June. Like, we didn't like we we imagined the possibility of what it could be in Series Three or whatever future date, and then literally, it's like, hey, Finals, hey, Draft, hey, Summer League week 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 after week after week. That's like three consecutive weeks or two consecutive weeks of break, and then uh, the fourth week of just like, surprise, you know, like we're doing this and. The fact that they could do those three things that quick, you know, in, in that short of a time frame, at this period of, of what they're doing, I think it's going to happen all the time, all over the country. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if at least every NBA team had like one top shot game next season. Um,
0: yeah. It's just something and, to- and, and, and I think, I think that's, as you said, I think that is their plan um, and they, maybe they would have done it more this past season if it wasn't such a weird time in the world outside of sports. Um, but I think to, you know, th- they were smart, I think, to surprise people with it a little bit because, you know, they, people had sort of started to look away from Top Shot a little bit, right? The the marketplace was very quiet during the playoffs where you would sort of otherwise expect it to ramp up. And, and the way that they caught people off guard, I think really got people excited again and reinvigorated and thinking about the possibilities of Top Shot from a utility perspective um, in a way that I think we weren't necessarily expecting um, heading into the off season where we were sort of, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of assuming, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be, it was already quiet during the playoffs. It's going to be dead now during the off season. And then they're going to have to sort of start again from from a standing start when the the new season starts. And instead, you know, we, we have plenty of top shot content to talk about. You had this great experience um, as did others. We saw the booth in Vegas and how, how busy it was and people were ripping packs. Uh, People are excited about the, the summer league moments we saw. I mean, the prices were a reflection of that. Right. And so I, I think, you know, we're now halfway through August and there's a lot of top shot excitement now. And if they can, you know, I, I know they've talked about rolling out, run it back during the off season as well. Um, if they can keep some of this excitement up heading into, you know, training camp, that's, it's not that far away. And then they've sort of been able to build some momentum heading into the season. I think
1: that um, you're a hundred percent right. It, it feels like, you know, frankly, like none of us know what we're talking about and we're all just speculating and, uh, you know, oh, the playoffs are going to be huge. And then the offseason, and, you know, the opposite of what you think is going to happen is usually what happens. Um, yeah. We don't know. Right. We're just guessing. Um, and, you know, obviously, if they're going to get better about communicating to us what's coming. I think, you know, the long promised roadmap will probably eventually come out, too. Um, but. I think that. For a long time, all you could do was just like open packs and do challenges. And it got a little, I don't want to say it got boring because I don't think it was boring, but it got repetitive and yeah. people got like in a pattern and, and it, got, it got a little too comfortable. And the past month, and probably especially Vegas, because of how many other people got to participate. I mean, there were days where I was jumping from section to section every half hour to like meet and sit with other people from the Top Shot community that were there because they saw on Sunday, how exciting it was and was like, I'm taking off work and I'm just going to Vegas tomorrow from like Arizona or LA or Utah. We're like, I'm going to Vegas. This looks great. Like, it's not that expensive to get there. Um, So like, I think that in the same vein that it got a little bit boring or repetitive from a utility perspective, because now the utility has these real life experiences. um, We also got so comfortable just doing the same thing online all the time with each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, actually getting to meet people online that you've know, like, I can't wait for us to meet at an NBA game in the near future. But getting to, like, hang out with people from Top Shot in real life, uh, it turns out, is actually really fun. Um, and going for beers and, and having dinner and watching basketball and talking about Top Shot. Um, and buying moments, right? And, like, all of this stuff, you know, it reminds you how much, like, this actually is really fun. Um, yeah. we, were, we were just you know, stuck in a rut and yeah, it's yeah. over. I got, I hate to break it to you, but I think that um, <laughs> off season is in to rule. Um, the next two months are going to be really fun with tons of cool stuff coming out to keep us busy. They're not going to let us get, you know, bored or tired or, or lose interest. And then they're going to, you know, do whatever else and roll into season series three and hopefully with a bunch of new people. And, you know, I think that, um, what is marketing like this is marketing, right? If you're, if you have a kiosk like this in every NBA arena at some point once a month or however often you're going to retain and, uh, you know, attract a lot of new collectors um, that don't know about Top Shot because they don't spend all their time on Twitter, right? And, yeah. and there's a lot of people out there, dads and families that might want to collect Top Shot moments that have literally no idea that it exists. I mean, there were people at Summer League as many as there were top shot fans there were people that have never heard of top shot before and they were literally talking to them about oh well these are you know digital playing cards that you can collect on your phone and you know buy packs and blah 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 and they were learning about it for the first time so think about how many nba fans um you know with deep pockets frankly nba tickets aren't cheap are going to be at games learn about top shot create an account rip their first pack from a game that they experienced live have that sensation and you know sentimentality and that, that kind of collectible and then go in the marketplace and, and we know what happens when you go in the marketplace the product is awesome
0: <laughs> really addictive right like it is the, the it product you, you can you can say a lot of things about top shop but the the product is second to none but i i think i think you raise a really good point that you know it's it's there are those there are those new customers, right? Those new people that can be onboarded and and that can be introduced to Topshot for the first time and come in and, and buy packs and buy moments. But I also think that we can't overlook the value that the in-person experience will have for existing users. Because you're right. I mean, it, it did get kind of repetitive and kind of boring because ultimately you're just by yourself buying stuff on your computer or on your phone. And so I think when you, when you couple that with now being able to go to games together and, you know, to the extent that Top Shot can coordinate for collectors to, to get together to attend games and, and be together and, and, you know, enjoy the Top Shot experience as a community, I think that adds such a deeper level to the experience. I mean, it's, it's like any any other collection, right? Like it, yeah. it, to collect something, if, if you're the only person you know that collects it, it's not going to be that exciting. It doesn't matter if it's 100%. stamps or baseball cards or what, right? You, people collect baseball cards. You go to a baseball card convention, partly to shop and partly because... You want to talk to other people about this thing that you like so you know to i i think one thing that that hearing your experiences has really brought into focus for me is a reminder that the the top shot in-person experience is not only adding value to the to the ecosystem by bringing on new users But it's also adding utility to existing collectors by making it a a group experience again and and letting people put faces to names and embrace in person and and make it a shared experience and not just an, an exclusively online one, which I'm sure was their intention all along.
1: Uh, I, yeah, it, it, it's definitely their intention all along. You know, we've seen a lot of other NFT projects having meetups, having gatherings and, you know, Top Shot doesn't do things, I think on a smaller scale like that, when they do it, they're going to do it. And then when they're ready to turn it on, they're going to turn it on. Um, and I think that, you know, online community craves relationships in, in real life, despite the fact that it's a primarily online community. You've seen how many groups have popped up over the past few weeks. Um around complete sets for different teams, around complete sets for different collections, you know, obviously the Nine Lives Lounge is the catalyst for that from them for a long time and the introduction of collector score and the robustness of collector score around team-based sets. If you remove like the emotion of Top Shot and how much we like care about it and are involved in it and, you know, think about it and just think of it as a business that is funded by hundreds of millions of dollars, and is really on the cutting edge of um, technology, and you know all sorts of stuff. Everything they're doing today has a reason, for the most part, for the future. And right. we're used to the NFT space moving super duper fast. And Topshot marketplace never really closes, so it's a twenty four seven thing. And and we know that Topshot time is not reflective of real time, right? Like a week in Topshot feels like a month in real life, but as as far as like how fast they can move to like build this obvious inevitable destination that they're building towards is more of a matter of like our patience for to wait for them to do it than it is the fact that it's gonna happen. And right. what they've built they, they on- have
0: they have those plans internally, 100%. even if we're we're not seeing them and we're anxious to.
1: And whether it's 2022 or 2023 or 2024, like who the hell knows? But In the meantime, there's going to be plenty of fun stuff to do online. And when they're finally ready to, like, activate IRL NBA Top Shot experiences at every stadium in partnership with the National Basketball Association and commercials and all the stuff everyone wants, like, it's happening. Just this week in the NBA emails, which I read every day solely for the reason to see if there will be a Top Shot, like, picture in there, started putting Top Shot pictures in there from Summer League. They are you know they're planting the seeds in summer league for this nba season i've never been more confident about anything in my life and like (laughs) if if you want to collect things on top shot collect your favorite team if you're the kind of person that lives in the same location as their favorite team and i think that there will be micro and mid-sized and then macro you know utility experiments and value creations and opportunities um Even if you just like show up to a game and you show your Top Shot collection and get a discount in the store. Like there's so many things they could do. This is the most advanced and detailed like measurement of fandom to ever exist for any sport. So they could slice and dice it a million different ways. You know how many smart people work for the NBA and work for Top Shot, right? So like, I think we're in pretty good hands.
0: I think that's a perfect place to end it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Pack Reviewing, thank you for giving us this update. I am extremely jealous of your experience, but I'm glad that you had a good time. Uh, I expect that we will be taking the Packrip Media jet to Summer League next year. For sure. Um, okay, any t- a- a- any uh, final thoughts before we sign off?
1: Uh, I mean, thank you to Top Shot for sending me to Vegas and letting me do this. Um, I hope I didn't disappoint you. If you're listening, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't um thank you to everyone for just you know i do not get to go to vegas to cover top shot if um the people listening to this podcast or reading my blog posts are not sharing it and and enjoying it and and building me into uh the inflated ego that i have become
0: um so you know you you um, have become unbearable
1: behind the scenes i should say it's it was dude I, i mean I had fans in Vegas. It was very strange for like you're pack reviewing. And I was like, yeah, like, Oh my God. Like (laughs) it was, you know, it's a, it's a lot, but it's great. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And I look forward to uh, talking to you all soon, if not in real life on Twitter.
0: All right. Well, thank you to my guest pack reviewing. Thank you to Dr. Jeremy for letting me sit in his proverbial seat uh he will be back soon with more NFT episodes. In the meantime, check out PackratMedia.com. We have content every day from a slew of great writers, and uh we will see you soon. Bye bye.